Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preble Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Women Working in Male-Dominated Workplaces. And I have a conversation today with Mana Fimulin Beklode. Mana has worked as a tree worker. She has worked as a carpenter and a builder. So we have conversations about her being on those male-dominated workplace crews. And to tell you a little bit about Mana, Mana was born and raised in Holland. And as an adult, she moved to the States and has been an Earth Haven Echo Village resident and member since 2007 here in Black Mountain, North Carolina. She is an advocate for the work that connects. She's a mother, a natural builder and carpenter, a conflict mediator at her village and social activist. She has also served on the staff at the Southeast Wise Women's Herbal Conference since 2009 and has also worked as a student advisor for Gaia University, and she is now a life coach based in focusing on authenticity. She is also committed to witnessing her whiteness as a process to become a less fragile white woman. And in the future, we will have a podcast, her and I, discussing about witnessing whiteness in race relations. Mana came over to cut my wife's hair so that was kind of interesting going from discussing about hairstyles, that's also one of her trades, to talking about different styles of chainsaws. Knowing Mana for some years, I just thought it was so unique that she worked in these male-dominated workplaces that was different than, let's say, the old stockbroker or engineer that was more male-dominated many years ago. But this has a lot to do with the physicalness and the challenges that women may have in this kind of industry. So she discusses some of that. She tells some good stories of working with her husband, who's also a tree worker. So their dynamics, not only as a husband and wife team, but also challenges in the dynamics of men and women working in the workplace together in that kind of industry. She also got to flip some questions back on me because I also work in a female-dominated industry as being a therapist. That's more of a nurturing and using our emotional intelligence, tapping into our own nurturing and empathy and listening skills that is more of a feminine and passive energy. So I hope you enjoy this conversation of interesting relationships of women working in male-dominated workplaces. Okay, well, I'm glad that we're, we're back and we get to shift gears a little bit because of your other past hats that you right. had on, literally your past hard hats that That's, you've had Yeah, on, you know right? what? I did never wear a hard hat. You'd never wear Don't a hard hat. Don't tell OSHA or okay. anybody else that does regulations. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like being a woman working in a male-dominated industry like construction? Yeah. Well, there's both, so it's the tree work and the construction, right. both of those, and construction was more carpentry. So, well, let's start with the hard hat. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, that's actually a really good symbol of how I approached a whole decade and a half or so that I've been in, in that line of work was pretty much just like brave my ass through it, you know, just pushing through. I ain't, I'm tough enough. I'm just as tough as the and, guys. And I ain't going to wear a hard hat. Why? Why did you do it? Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, I had a passion, right? I'm not going to do something I don't like to do. Okay. I always like just, you know, doing hard physical labor, drink a beer afterwards. That's like the best day I can think of. Actual, I can show for what I did. I can see the work. I put this wall up, put a window in, you know, all that stuff where we took some trees down. There's some real like, Ah, some oomph in that. I got some shit done. So I feel great about Were that. Were you always, always like that growing up? I was always like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had an older brother, so, you know, I was one of those younger so sisters. So you did play with the blocks and the, all of that Yeah, did play on. with the blocks. You know yeah. what? And I did play with Barbie. Have uh -huh. to, yeah, I have to own that one. Okay. Uh, maybe I just, I don't know, I put maybe Barbie in with a hammer in hand or something, you know? But yeah, I did do that too for a little while. But I was mostly into, yeah, like digging, being outside, climbing, and I found out in high school, probably I was, you know, you have all these electives you can do in high school. And one of them was shop. I think it's called in English because I'm Dutch by my birth. So I found out that I really like that stuff. I got to build my first, I think it was a birdhouse with doors on it or so. And I had to build on it. it took me for freaking ever. It took me like three months in school or so to build it. Uh, and I had to go back to it. It was only once a week. But every time I was like, I got to get back there and build on that on that thing. That, that leads into like getting a, an official job as a female carpenter is really hard. Mm. And I think also it makes it really hard because I was a little scared and maybe was like this, intimidated. Was this in Holland? Or was back this in Holland. Holland. Yeah, back in Holland. So what I did, I just kind of wrote my friends into giving it a shot with me. Could you, what, what do you think? I mean, maybe you don't pay me that much at first or something like, so my first gig was, uh, I think I got 50 bucks a day and food stipend or so, but I hung out with my friend and his mom and in Amsterdam and we just completely gutted this house and put in some new walls and just had a ball. We smoked way too many cigarettes and yeah, that was awesome. I was like, I'm totally sold, but now I'm making 50 bucks a day. That's not going to pay the bills. And I would only do it like two days or three days a week. And so if I wanted to get good at this stuff, you got to kind of do it a lot. I was also really into traveling, so I didn't really get a chance to really settle down with a company, you know, and I remember when I landed in the States about 15 years ago, me and my partner, we ended up at a, at a big old ranch style place where we work traded for a rent. And that was just a perfect setup for me to learn mm. so much. Gosh, there was like maintenance on all the buildings. And yeah, I learned so much from the, the older mentor that I had there. He was a great carpenter. That's when I really got better, you know, not just like, oh, I can hold this drill or I can I can hold a hammer and, and nail in this nail pretty straight, you know. No, actually like making some pretty complicated And in that industry, happen. a lot of it is apprenticing as opposed to education. Is there more apprenticing in the carpentry industry than it is going to trade school? Yeah, I guess you can, I wouldn't even know where to okay. start with a trade school, but a mentoring and apprenticeship yeah. is definitely was the way to go because then you can also make a little cash to start out. And for a male dominated world, for to give a girl a, a try is probably, a, I don't know, a big mm -hmm. deal. It was anyway, back, gosh, I'm 42 now, so that was when I was around 20 or so when I got my first carpentry job. Yes, it's 22 years ago and Holland sexism was a bit more alive than now for sure. But yeah, so like I said, I just tried with friends first and found mm -hmm. out that I loved it. And then I had some fit in the door um, and I could actually do this more for pay. And I've done more, you know, for pay as, as I uh, got older. 
how much of your experience was positive of being welcomed and uh, integrated as opposed to times of harassment? Was there aspects of prejudice against you? Good question, good question. Mainly, it was really welcoming Hmm. and really welcoming, but kind of like, who is this girl? This is a novelty. We'll give her a shot, but this is Hmm. weird. Is she a dyke? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why is she so pretty? She's not mm-hmm. ugly enough mm-hmm. to do this work. Why is she not a secretary? <laughs> it's weird, you know? Like, you're a fine-looking woman. Mm-hmm. Why would you be a tree worker? Uh, That's to, really freaking funny to me. Do you think that they had to calm the way that they interacted as men yeah. around you? Yeah, that that I kind of heard like, oh, you can't, not, not out loud ever, but I probably was kind of messing up the male boys club. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rough joking. Yeah. And also here in the South, in the United States, yeah. when there's a woman around, the men just completely shut up. They wouldn't make a joke at mm. all, you know, because they don't want to be disrespectful to women. So it felt really welcoming, but I also knew that I was kind of messing up their jive, probably. Their jive talking wasn't as, as free-flowing, I would say. <laughs> Were you ever on a job when... It might have been inappropriate catcalling to other women. And did you, do you have to put boys in the place? Gosh, no, never blatantly. We would joke together. I mean, I can recognize a pretty girl when she walks by too. So I'm like, oh yeah, that looks great. I don't mind, you know, as long as it's not actually abusive language, you know, obviously, but just noticing, you know, especially when the job's kind of outside, there's a lot of traffic going by. But then if I was on the job side, then we'd also have to look at pretty boys. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, "Eh, yeah, not so into that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would just try to joke with them and keep it light so that that there was at least amount of breaking up the boys club kind of feel. And I was mm-hmm. sensitive to that. I wanted to be part of that boys club because I wanted to be just as good as, and I think that's part of the sort of distorted piece in it, you know, in the, in, in the patriarch, how we're all raised yeah. uh, male dominated. But then I was also raised with a high level of feminism. So you're a girl, you can do exactly what a man can do. Well, guess what? I mean, I'm now 15, 20 years into this, this work that I've done for so many decades, I can't do what a man can do. Hmm. That's been the biggest realization that I've had to go through. Physically, you know, there was projects, especially in tree work, that I just had to will my way through muscling something off the ground. It was more Hmm. willpower than that I had the muscle power. I I definitely have some injuries left over Hmm. from trying too hard to be just as good as the boys. So I I recognize that as as a pattern, as something that needs to change in me. Yeah, and, and uh, you you had another unique unique experience because you did it with your husband. Yeah, you, he is part of the the tree working. Uh, I I don't want to say family business, but in some way, um, did you have did you feel like you had to prove yourself to your husband? Was there any of that going on? Of yeah, that? it's interesting. Like yes, but when we first got together, gosh, fourteen years ago, and he said he was a tree worker. I didn't know how good he was. I kind of had no idea. I was just kind of like, okay. He's a freaking monkey. Yeah, he's amazing. And so I was still in my like, I'll show you how good I am. You know, and obviously I'm not a tree worker. I'm not a tree climber or anything like that. But um, I was going to learn how to run this chainsaw just as good as him. You know, I had it all figured out. We were just dating. So I was going to show him. Yeah, so that kind of backfired on me pretty much. And so working with him, it showed me like, okay, I'm nowhere close to that good. And that really settled it. Then we had no power dynamics, you know, because we're both pretty fiery beings. So we've had in our lives kind of had to settle with 
who's going to take the leading role in the next project. So I was trying to be the leader in the tree work there for a second or trying to push him, you know, and I found out, you know what, I'm not the leader in this. And I feel, felt really great about that. I was like, great, because I'm not. I have never ran a chainsaw in my life and he's been doing it for years. So obviously I'm not the leader. But then the cool thing happened when it was time to build our house. We've built our house ourselves here in Earth Haven Eco Village. We had to have that discussion again. So, okay, we're both pretty handy with some equipment and who is going to take the leading role because if mm. it's two roosters here we're going to be fighting the whole way through and we both read and heard and researched that this is the reason to divorce trying to build a house together right there was a book written by i think it was two psychologists about building a house together as a couple and what it backfired on them no, no? Just, <laughs> okay. that, that they wrote about like the challenges the yeah. emotional challenges the conflicts that get into his dynamic of the dominance and so forth yeah. as a couple. Like, I think it was even like how to survive your marriage through building your house. Oh yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I totally agree mm. that, that probably more yeah. than one book written on it because <laughs> it's stressful. Mm. So the cool thing about Johnny is that he, my husband, he just noticed per first how passionate I was about it. And then second, also I'm a little handier with a drill than he is. And he's way better in a tree than I'll ever be. But he could defer, and he was just like, you know what? You take the lead here. Mm. And that that settled it. I was already married to him for years, but again, it settled why I chose him as a partner because we we're a really sweet mix of feminine and masculine, and we know when it's time to gear up either side inside of ourselves. So I have a lot of masculinity, and he has, luckily, a lot of feminine mm. qualities. And kind of what we were talking about earlier, like you're doing the work of a, you know, of a man almost in a feeling world, right? Yeah. And how's that for you? Yeah, that's that's interesting because therapy is a female-dominated industry, uh, right. way more female therapists than men. And also before that, I was a massage therapist. Mm -hmm. I think there's 17% men in that, in that industry. Before that, I was a corporate executive. That was the lopsided aspect. But yeah, it's interesting of being a man in a more feeling, emotional, industry i take it in the aspect of also using my masculinity as a way to create soft safety mm -hmm. because i don't believe a lot of people have experienced that in their life in other shows i talked about i grew up being around men that have been very very nurturing and kind i never was hit by another man in my life my mm -hmm. father my uncles my grandfather actually never even hardly raised a voice to. So wow. I grew up in a very unique environment around men. I wouldn't say they were, they were softies. They were a wonderful, safe men with masculine energy. So for me, that's kind of what I take. I want to make sure that that's given. Working with couples or especially working with, with women, they know that I can hold that safe space in, mm -hmm. from an emotional content and that I'm not afraid of feelings or emotionality, that I wanna be able to really bring it. And I think for men, it's wonderful to be able to model that when I'm working with a man, to give them permission to tap into that side of themselves, mm -hmm. that softer side, the more feeling side, the vulnerable side. Mm -hmm. uh, because to me, when I started doing that work, I realized how much strength and courage it takes to be vulnerable and to tap mm -hmm. into that. So I instantly saw that as, wow, that's 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 some real courage strengthening work to actually be vulnerable. I didn't see it as a weakness. It's interesting of like being able to come from it from that standpoint, I get a lot of good support 
around that from from people and from my clients that they are very appreciative of having a man that's modeling the kind of energy that I do when I do my work. Mm, that's yeah. so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Mm. And it's funny because Rainbow is the one, she's actually the one that does the stuff around the house. I didn't, my father, I didn't grow up with, I rarely even saw him change the light bulb. So I wasn't <laughs> taught that at all. My father was more uh, nurturing and, and communicative in, in that way. That's what I got from him. I remember, I remember my father had a, he had an eight track, an eight track recorder in his car. And when it didn't work, he had a hammer underneath the seat and he would just bang it <laughs> until it didn't skip. That's what I grew up with. Yeah. How to, how to repair something like that. Gotcha. We, we have a, a VCR that doesn't close well, but when I bang it, it closes well. So <laughs> that's, that's my extent. So I have a wife that grew up with a father that was very, very handy She's the one that does the shit around the house. And I'm getting better and I'm getting more proud of myself. But I'll tell you what, I would much rather sit with a couple that's going through a lot of shit and possibly divorcing. That to me is less stress than having to build some shit in my house. That is funny, people. Yeah. Yeah. That is hilarious. <laughs> my triggers and how I get frustrated comes out so much when I'm, <laughs> when I'm working around mechanical stuff. Totally. But on the other extreme, where I'm working in my, I don't get kinked at all. Right. Yeah. Well, bless, I mean, that's just great. We're all yeah. doing what we what we really want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in my house, I'm usually the one that, that changes, build stuff or fixes things. I build our dinner table. And yeah, I, I do like to fix everything. And Johnny usually is like, okay, got another job for you. Here you go. Well, then there's one thing I hate to do is anything to do with water lines. Mm. That's John. He's like, come on, that this is so not me. You know, he can get under the sink. Okay. And opening the drain, mm. I'm out. Yeah. Luckily, we all we all know when it's time to just clean. That messy stuff oh, is yeah. too messy. Can't handle it. Mm -hmm. I don't mind blood, though. Uh -huh. I don't mind, you know, actually getting hurt. And so there were some accidents on the job site, and I'm always the calm and collected one. And like, do okay. they go over, Yeah, on the job site, uh -huh. when somebody gets hurt, do they naturally go to you, the mother in energy? Gosh, you know, let's look back. Yeah. I've worked by myself a lot. Mm -hmm. See, I'm not just a natural nurturer. <laughs> I had to learn that when I had kids eight years ago. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I, what I do have, and I inherited that from my daddy, to keep my head calm. I'm mm. really good in crisis times. Just like, okay, yeah, you're missing the tip of your finger right now. And I got, you know, this happened actually, uh, gosh, when was it? Three weeks, my friend Sam, who I live with in Earth Haven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he got hurt. Uh, and he's building his own house, you know, so I know how he's feeling. He's trying to get it dried in before a certain time. It's winter. He wants his kids to go into their rooms. It's been forever, and he's trying to finish up some last things. So he's in the shop. We have a community shop, a wood shop. It's awesome, such an amazing resource. And so he's running, I think it was the planter, the joiner or so. It's a huge machine. Anyway, yeah, he takes a tip off of his finger, a humongous gouge off. The nail was gone. Well, I didn't know all of this, but he goes straight to my house. Mm. And uh, that just makes me really happy because over the years, I've kind of been that house, been that person. Like, go to Mana's house and she'll figure out if she can sew you up or mm. she'll send you to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really glad that I can hold that space. And so I think that's maybe my masculinity or so. I don't freak out. I don't start whatever. I'm just like really present with that sort of stuff. Anyway, he ended up, uh, I looked at it, you know, he's standing outside, dripping blood on my porch. Like, yep, no, not even, nothing I can do here. Because literally, I've practiced sewing people up on a fake 
something or other, but I actually haven't sewed anybody up. So it would mm. be just, you know, butterfly bandage or something, seriously cleaning it. Anyway, missing a fingernail is a level up. So you're going to the hospital. And, uh, but he, he was like, he looked me in the eye and said, okay, great. So I really love holding that like real boundary place for people. And maybe mm -hmm. that's masculine. And that's what I'm going in now with coaching too. I'm finding that people appreciated when I hold some of that masculine energy in a maybe f female body or so like, Hey, it's helpful when you hold some really clear boundaries and then I can kind of blossom. And I sense that in the masculine, feminine, beautiful combo, you know, like masculine energy is such a sort of the container and then the feminine energy is sort of what is inside of that container, right? right? What gets to blossom if it's held really tight in a good and safe container. Right. I'm studying all that. I think it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. I kind of digress a little bit. I, I imagined you going into like Home Depot and asking some question and some man kind of downplaying the answer to you and you just whizzing off some construction jargon does that happen to yeah, you when they, they look the at little lady i'll tell you uh, in simple words of what you need yes and, yeah oh yeah well what i do this is my tactic because see i get so angry when that happens yeah. and i don't really want to get angry at this person that doesn't know me that's just acting out of their assumptions and we're in the south of the united states where there's still some real deeper feminine masculine energy right the female needs to be taken care of so what I do, I go into Lowe's or whatever, Home Depot, and I start off, I just go in with, and I'll need this, and it needs to be this big and this wide, and you know, and I'm gonna use it for so-so-and-so. Yeah. You know, then we're good, we're starting off, then he knows, mostly here, but also she sometimes. Nice. That it's kind of a known situation, because yeah, I don't wanna get triggered in that, because I also wanna honor this person, I don't wanna. Mm. But yeah, it's a big deal for me that I get accepted in that world. And I'm just really glad to hear, you know, we, uh, gosh, this was probably 12 years ago or so, that the culture is changing, thank goodness, even in tree work, definitely mm. in tree work, that's just a real growth. So, so funny story, years ago when Johnny and I started doing tree work together, when I first immigrated, so we didn't have any kids, I was his ground worker, he's high up in a, he's high up in a tree, and we can only make, you know, so much money. So we also worked, this was in the deep south in Arkansas, where he's from, we worked some for his old boss, Mr. Ned totally old school, had taught Johnny how to climb, obviously nothing safe, just go up the tree with your chainsaw in your hand. That's how we learned, you know, there was no safety ropes or nothing. But uh, Mr. Ned would definitely want us to work for him a couple days a week and we were trying to make some money. So Johnny's like, you know what? I'm gonna ask Mr. Ned if he can hire you because it'd be great if we can both work for him, right? And I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? This is the South, this is Arkansas, small town, He'll never do that. So anyway, we tried it, went over to Mr. Ned's house and he's like, mm, well, okay, here's what we'll do. I'll hire you for eight bucks an hour the first day. And if you're any good, I'll hire you for 10 bucks tomorrow on the second day. And then you're working for me. So we ran home like, yes, okay. So we got ready and it was literally the next day I had to show up, right? And I'd already done some chainsaw work. So I knew how to run a chainsaw. I'd lifted and done carpentry for a while. So I was, I was in good shape, good enough shape anyway. But I was really nervous. So that day I showed up with so much energy. I drank three cups of coffee. I'm like, I'm ready. We're starting at 6.30 at some diner in the small town, you know, eating bacon and all that in the good old boys only at 6.30 in the diner. So I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm in here. This is awesome. We're going to do it. So all day I busted my butt on working my, you know, really, really hard. So at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, what's he going to say? He says, okay, you're hired. And I was like, yes, score, you know, I'm in. And 
So, and you need to lift better. The way you lift those logs is ridiculous. Mm. You cannot work for me if you ever lift like that again. Yeah, I felt so taken care of. You know, his style was pretty gruff, but really what he meant was, I'll hire you, but you do need to take care of yourself. He sort of, in a sweet, underhanded way, was saying like, you're not one of my buffest guys here who I can set up and pick up a log and who's obviously twice as big as you. You're going to be doing some more of the craftier work. So you're going to cut up a bunch of these trees, but you're not going to actually lift the trees. But he wasn't saying all that, but that's kind of what he meant. So he was taking care of me by hiring me. And anyway, that's many years ago, over over a decade and a half ago. And I've heard that ever since, he's hired two more women after me in his company. And this is like good old boy Arkansas tree work, you know. So it's so amazing that he allowed me to come in. Yeah, I sort of paved the way. And so I heard lately, uh, we go back to Arkansas every Christmas. And the last story I heard, he was bragging about the girl he had working for him at that point. And he was like, he looked at me, you know, it's like, nah, she's way buffer than you. <laughs> <laughs> she's way stronger than you. And I was like, yeah, I can handle that. I'm old now. Did you ever have a lot of guys trying to impress being around you? Like they were actually doing more just to be a impressing a woman yeah it does yeah. change the culture you yeah. know definitely it does change the culture a little bit of like trying to impress each other mm-hmm. or trying to you know i've always been really interested like how can you be calm in a male female friendship and and have like a calm relationship you always, you know if you're both heterosexual you're gonna have to face it at some point like ah you're kind of attracted to you so let that not be an obstacle in a friendship has always been really important to me and both also not uh, denying that that we're both male and female so but i was married and been married for many years so it wasn't actually a real issue mm-hmm. but i've always been really curious how i can calm down that energy so like how i can like talk about my husband quite a bit up front or um yeah just not vibe just making sure everybody's just calm this is really important to me i don't want to mm-hmm. mess it up mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure they don't have it like women designer construction jeans or something like that. You know, they do now. They do? Yeah, they do. Carpenter jeans for women. They're awesome. Really? And special tree workers clothes. So now Johnny works at a company where they're hiring women and there's awesome clothes designed for him. There's even a uh, women in tree work conference. What? Heck yeah. Right? It's awesome. That's great. Yeah, it's really, really, really awesome. And they're really pushing to, to hire women. So that just warms my heart. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything aspect of female energy coming into tree working that would be different than male energy coming in? I mean, the aspect of just deciding what tree to take down as opposed to what tree not. Is there a nurturing female energy that's different in decision making than around what a man might? That's a really good question. There could be maybe some consideration pieces of, you know, there's maybe the the crash boom that a male energy might want to do. And there might be like, well, let's make sure that we don't crush the rose bushes mm-hmm. right. energy that the female wants to do. Because I, I do experience a lot of men in the industry. They're very, I mean, when Johnny comes around, I mean, I just really have so much respect how he cares so much for the trees yeah. and not to take trees down that don't need to be taken down and so forth. So it seems that most men in that, that industry are, are considerate, but I'm, yeah. I was just wondering if, 
if the feminine energy coming in is even a different perspective? Yeah, that's a good question. I think they had to all develop their own inner, you know, feminine in mm. that aspect. Like, let's make sure that nothing gets crushed. Yeah. Um, yeah so you have to really, it's both, a, it looks on the outside a really crash boom kind of industry, but it actually takes extreme finesse that yeah. landed in this one exact spot. Right. That's amazing. Taking trees down. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they, yeah, it has to be both and for sure. I remember when Rainbow and I were living at Esalen when we first met and we were outside farming and we had a little break and there were some rocks and I was a baseball player. So I took some rocks to show off and I said, hey, check this out. I want to hit this tree. And I took the rocks and I threw it, you know, maybe about 40 yards. Now that one tree that I said and threw it again. And she just looked at me. She goes, what the hell are you doing? Why are you harming this tree? <laughs> And I just like thought, oh my God, no, I was trying to impress you right. by my aim. And mm -hmm. there was such an interesting dynamic of, you know, she was saying that wasn't impressive at, at all. all to her. Yeah. So I saw how my male energy wanted to, you know, hit something to get um, accolades. Yeah. And she just had no part of that. I, I had to, re it took me a while to recover from that with her. Right. Yeah. yeah. I bet. No, Rainbow. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and that can be that. I think masculine energy has a tendency or an opportunity to get carried away and kind of see gross movements really well. And that can happen sometimes in tree work where you just kind of get carried away with that. So, you know, when you pick up that rock and you hit it, there were the, the nuances of everything else that's going on might be sort of forgotten. And what I hear that feminine energy of like multitasking of having the whole picture and not just the one gross movement in mind, but the whole mm. job side, the whole picture, that's more like a feminine quality. Like I think women make amazing supervisors for work like that, where they really get to just see this all needs to happen and it needs to happen in a certain time, but it also needs to happen with the price and it also needs to keep the customer in mind. You know, so I think multitasking is a real great feminine trait. Mm -hmm. And then the masculine energy can come in and actually move the pieces. Is the industry that you know of, is it equal in pay? That's a good question. Well, yeah, that's a really good question. I do know as a ground worker, you just start as, at low because you're mm. the ground worker. And if that's where you're entering, then that's as a woman, then that's how low you're starting. Mm. Because um, I was just wanting that part where, from a physical standpoint, if a man could do physical work differently than a woman could mm -hmm. do, is is that going to be an excuse or a prerequisite for a different kind of pay structure? Yeah, right. Well, there is sort of that the ladder up into a company as you get better and if, as you can do more. You know, for instance, climber is one of the higher paid pieces. Well, if you're potentially not in a female body that's not as strong or isn't as long, particularly as certain measurements that don't necessarily fit the harness or the, the way you climb might be not conducive to making it into that particular job, then you won't be able to make that kind of money. Mm. So it is a good point to look at before you start wanting to do tree work, looking at where the job can take you if you want to make more money, um, that that sort of sort of end road that that goal is something that you actually want to work at because a lot of women are amazing climbers yeah it kind of takes it it doesn't actually matter if you're a man or a woman as a climber at all and actually your physical makeup doesn't even matter actually climbing is probably a really good fit for a female body it's also the personality like mm. i think you have to be 
uh, you have to have a certain compartmentalizing quality in your brain where you push the fear away. If you're afraid of height of heights or so men or women, then climbing is just out. So right. that sort of upward ladder, it does matter when you look at that. So yeah, if that's not the path you want to take as a woman, then you probably shouldn't even start as a ground worker because the more pay you would like, mm -hmm. the more of it you'll you'll have to do. Did you work with uh, women in that in that industry or either in construction tree work? And what was the difference between your relationships with them as opposed to your relationships with men? I have never done tree work with women, but I've done carpentry with women. And I have to say that I'd rather work with men. Mm, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather work with men. So we're not going to name any names. <laughs> uh, but why? I found... And, you know, this is, this is just my little opinion that I tend to talk a very long time about the job if it's me and another woman and we're not doing much. Ah. And if I'm with a man, we're already working. And while we're working, we're figuring out how we're going to do it differently or so I really work with that style. Like, you know, let's go in and start this job pretty quickly because I cannot handle standing around a job site and talking about it for mm. an hour. That's not me. Mm -hmm. We have to do it. Yeah. That's particular probably to mm. me. Right. So that's your own boundaries of that. You got to cut through. Yeah. You have to cut through and just say, let's get yeah. to it. Let's get to it. And mm -hmm. there's a few men who can talk too much and I'll have to cut them off to mm -hmm. like, let's get to it. Mm -hmm. But it seems to be more a female trait of like, well, we have so many different ways of doing this. So that's where that multitask piece comes in. And I have enough of that in my system. Mm. And I've already thought of all the three ways. Uh, you know, also, I'm not the best collaborator, honestly. Uh -huh. So I know how I want to do it but then I'm not really sure that I want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so there's more cohesion for you in a male-female energy in that work environment yeah. than two females. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and it's been a couple of times. Actually, this is one of the niche markets that I've, that I've landed in when I did carpentry uh, last year is that I work for female homeowners. So when I do a job, it's for females. And that's been really rewarding. And that's a particular market that I really enjoy because they hire me because I'm a woman. Mm. So I actually get the positive feedback of, of you know, feminism very much so. Like mm. they want me because I'm mm. a, a woman and doing this work and they really mm. want to support me for that reason. There are all women crews that yeah. are advertised working in that, in that capacity and yeah. that they bring that strength and and like you said, maybe women um, homeowners or people in certain industries want yeah. a full crew of, of women. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it's a specific thing actually that exactly that you can desire to want. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm really glad to hear that mm -hmm. too, that that's growing. Do you have any advice for other women that are thinking about going into male-dominated industries, mm -hmm. whether it's construction, tree work, but just a male-dominated industry? Actually, my husband is uh, working with a female co-worker who he's been teaching a lot in the past two years. So from him, I'm gleaning a lot of uh, knowledge from how he's approaching that situation. And it's just really inspiring how he goes about it because he's really all for a woman being able to get into the market and into that world. Can kind of glean off of his approach, but he really says like, you know, staying curious. And he also kind of talks to the men around so he does both and he helps mm. his female coworker, but he also talks to his buddy sometimes because sometimes she needs an extra chance at something or an extra light sh shown on her a little bit because she's an outlier. Um, she's had some experiences that are funny, you know, like she gets a lot of stuff on the job site from homeowners like, oh, you're so pretty and you can cut down a tree, you know. 
So she can joke about it. So come into it with an attitude that you're, you know, that you run into different attitudes, but you know, you're mm. be open-minded about that. Mm. And yeah, mainly you can just do exactly, you know, doesn't, there's no differences there. Mm. And actually this woman is like one of the best fellers, tree fellers on the crew. Mm. And specifically because she's so detail oriented. So she pays a lot of attention and she goes really slow in learning. And now she's just, she fells trees really amazingly. And she actually has an attitude that a lot of the men don't have. She actually has an extra piece to it. She's very detail-oriented. I think a lot of women are really great learners. Mm -hmm. They absorb it differently. And I think in a male-oriented world, when there's a man teaching a man, the man that is being taught might have their masculine ego up yeah. like, I ain't listening to this dude telling me what to do. That's right. And women don't necessarily have that reaction. So they're actually in a better position to learn from if there is a man in a leading position. Um, and actually there's more advice for the men on the crew than for the woman. I think the woman's going to do just great, but that the men don't treat her like uh, she's made of porcelain. Right. She's not going to break or anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and don't, don't make any degrading comments of, you know, trying to do something for her or let me carry this or all that, that Southern BS that's really hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. Pretty much, you know, you're, you're capable. Go for it. Mm -hmm. Any aspects of jealousy come up for you? If Johnny was working with like five female crew members, like he was only, <laughs> he said, you know, like the best crew members are, it, it, she just happens to be a better crew member and there's like five of them. Yeah. Any any issues come up? Like on, jealousy man. in me that he's working with women or jealousy yeah. in him that there's a better climber woman? Well, that's a good one. Either, either way. <laughs> either way. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> the, the jealousy piece, like him and having another climber, I mean, he's competitive to, to a fault. So, he doesn't matter doesn't if matter it's a it. female or male, he'll try to compete. <laughs> but, yeah, jealousy for me, I mean... I think what I ran into when when I learned that there was a female on the crew, I got really sad for that I'm not doing tree work anymore. Mm. So I had some jealousy around that. You know, like I kind of wish it was me still. I had to own that I had a shoulder injury from all the tree work that I did. You know, like muscling through some of the work instead of actually having, you know, actually not muscle. I didn't have the muscle mass. And that expression is an actually good fit because I didn't have the muscle mass. I had the willpower. So my mm. joints got way too much weight on it. And I just pushed my way through the work and I ended up with an injury. So I can't do that work anymore. And so, yeah, there's some like sadness, you know, some jealousy that this younger woman is still able really well to do this work. Other than that, I'm just incredibly excited that she's there and that she's really doing just really great and having a, uh, mainly that she's having such a good time doing it. Mm. She's really loving it. And that I really recognize, like, I love this work too. Mm. And there's just recently they hired another woman. So it's going in the right direction. Right. I'm excited for you and your diversification of now entering into the coaching world. Yeah, yeah. right. My softer skills are going to yeah. come up. Yeah. yeah, I'm ready for it. I really feel like I've done my 20 years of hard physical labor. Yeah, I'm going to try a whole different path. I'm excited. Yeah. Say a little bit about how you want to do that work. Yeah, I had to, through my life, and this is really pertinent conversation to that, I was really focusing on the physical masculine aspects of myself, and I had kind of not let my feminine part come to shine. So about 10 years ago, I noticed this, and I really have worked on how to have that sort of inner marriage happen in myself. So the feminine and the masculine really being balanced. And of course, sometimes a piece comes up that is a little more masculine and sometimes more feminine. So through that work with myself, I just realized that I no longer need to do the physical labor and I really want to support others. 
Yeah, and, and of course, I haven't just in the 20 years, I've also been part of a community and done a lot of conflict resolution and mediation and all these other things that I've been mm. super excited about. Yeah, through, so through a sort of personal, like, readiness, getting ready for this, this is probably my year to really hold space for others, just knowing that I'll enjoy it so much to see somebody be on a path of getting the life they want. So mm -hmm. doing some life coaching with folks is what, I, uh, what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited for that, to see them really get what they want. And if it might be tree work, then I'll be like, you yeah. got this. That's I'll be right. your biggest fan. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. And it's going to be called your, your coaching practice. So I'm working on this. I think it's going to be called Authentically You. Mm. So really getting to the core of what do you really want? What do you really desire? So looking really into the future and getting some goals straight on how you want to get there. Yeah, that's great. Because the therapy that I do, I don't do a lot of past aggression therapy or digging up a lot of issues. I want to help people get agency and resource from mm. maybe peel some of the resistance or blockages to that. And so... You know, I would say that part of my aspects are coaching, um, mm -hmm. but bring out the authenticity, you know, whether it is making a decision of if you're in a relationship that you shouldn't be in, making yeah. a decision of your relationship to your work. Are you being authentic? Is it meaningful to you? Is it representative to who you are? When you show up with people in your life, are you being authentically expressive and truthful mm -hmm. to yourself? So I, I love that work and I'm glad that, you know, knowing you and who you are, that you're going to be walking in that world, yeah. helping people along the way. So, mm, Thanks. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I'm excited. I can right. learn a few things from you. Mm. Yeah. Well, I've learned a few things from you, definitely. <laughs> Maybe we can go downstairs and you can show me a few things of exactly how to hold that drill. Right, right way. exactly. And I can uh, really but I don't my do... wife. Right, there you go. Yeah, I'll show you something real simple <laughs> and something that looks really good. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Relationships. Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed professional counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit HeartShareCounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk at AdiTheMonk.com. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by PodCraft. Create your own great podcast today, faster and easier at podcraft.us. Thank you.